Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of Paul's letter to Philemon. As you remember, Philemon was a dear brother of the Apostle Paul who owned a slave named Onesimus. Onesimus ran from his owner, and eventually found Paul in Rome, who was imprisoned at the time. Paul led Onesimus to Christ, who then began serving Christ by serving Paul. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he continues Paul's letter with today's slice of this week's message entitled, How to Help Spiritual Family. So instead of asserting authority, He turns to the most dynamic, motivating factor in the universe, love. He's created the right mindset in Philemon. He he made a favorable impression on him. Um, He's creating sympathy and pointing out his circumstances. Um, You know, uh, I'm appealing to you as Paul the aged. He was about 60 by that time, but a lot more miles than most 60-year-olds in, uh, in our world would, uh, would have today. So he was an old man. He knew he was near the end of his life. He wound up being martyred a few years um, after this. But he elevates this conversation to the highest possible plane in the way he deals with his friend Philemon. So notice the tenderness and affection in the way that he puts the cards on the table here, verses 10 and 11. I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my imprisonment, who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. Now think about what he might have written. He could have said, on my authority as an apostle, I'm writing to you about Onesimus, that good-for-nothing slave of yours who probably after he robbed you, ran away from you. Well, he's saved now, and I want, to, I want you to let him stay with me. You owe me that. He could have put it that way. But that's a better way to have an argument than it is to resolve a problem. So uh, he's spinning the strands together to weave a web of grace and mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation to wrap around this whole situation. Notice his tenderness there. I'm appealing about my child begotten in my imprisonment, the one who's useful to me. He regarded Onesimus now, he's part of the family. He's my spiritual child. And remember, the name Onesimus means useful, and Paul was making a play on his, on his name there. Now Onesimus can finally live up to his name. He, was, he became useless to you, just left a hole in your household. Now he's very useful to me, and he can be to you as well. But notice he refuses to presume on someone else to obey or to be generous. He just does what he does he has to do to have a clear conscience before God and to respect his brothers in Christ. So look at verses 12 through 14. I have sent him back to you in person. That is, sending my very heart, whom I wish to keep with me, 
so that on your behalf he might minister to me in my imprisonment for the gospel. But without your consent, I did not want to do anything, that your goodness should not be, as it were, by compulsion, but of your own free will. He sent Onesimus back because that was the right thing to do. That was the best thing to do. Uh, instead of sending him back, he could have just said, oh, okay, Onesimus, get Get back there best way you can. Get on your knees before Philemon and beg for forgiveness. No, he, he sent him accompanied by another of his co-laborers, Tychicus, who he mentions in Colossians chapter 4, and along with this personal letter. Now, it's clear he wanted to keep Onesimus with him, but he realized that wasn't his decision to make. That was up to Philemon. And Paul doesn't want to manipulate his friend Philemon. He doesn't want to stack the deck in his favor by keeping Onesimus with him. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, hey, you know that guy that, you know, he, he, he really worked you over and, 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 he, and he ripped you off and he's useless to you and he, and he, and he caused a big problem. Well, rejoice, brother. Now he's a Christian and he's with me and I'll keep him. He could have said that, but he, but he didn't. Instead, he, he shows Philemon what a valuable man Onesimus has now become. He's profitable. Paul's heart is poured into this man, and he wants to keep him with him. But not under compulsion, but of free will. That's Paul's classic example of respect for his brother in Christ. People resent being told what you think they should do friend of mine years ago said, oh, somebody's shooting on you again. And, uh, he, he didn't do that. Um, he, uh, Paul gives every ounce of respect possible to Philemon. He trusts him to make a, a, a good decision before the Lord, but he also puts the opportunity before him. Verses 15 through 17, for perhaps he was for this reason separated from you for a while that you would have him back forever no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If then you regard me a partner, accept him as you would me. He keeps the tone of this confrontation on a level that it belongs. God is in control, and God is good. And remember, he causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So it was Philemon ultimately for your good, my good, for the good of Onesimus, for the good of the ministry in Colossae, for the good of the spread of the gospel, that Onesimus and I met this way and he has come to faith now. You know, typically in our world, people get this backward something happens and they say, oh, this is good for me. I like this. So God sent it. Thank you, God. When really your perspective needs to be, God sent this and He is good and He is sovereign. Therefore, this is good for me. Even if it's unpleasant. Even if it's your right-hand man that ran away. Now, notice also that Paul did not consider immediate forced emancipation of this slave 
as the solution to this situation or to confront the problem of slavery. Some people try to turn Philemon into some sort of a declaration about uh, slavery. It wasn't. This is about an interpersonal relationship. It's not a commentary on the Roman system of slavery, which is very different from the slavery that we think of in um, some of the darker days of our history. What was most important for Philemon to know was that Onesimus was Onesimus was returning as more than a slave. Becoming a Christian does not mean you are no longer a slave. Becoming a Christian does not necessarily change your social status. The, the health and wealth, prosperity gospel people, they're liars. They're frauds. No, it, it makes you, if you're a slave and you become a Christian, it makes you the best slave in the system. If you're a master and you have people working for you or under you, it makes you the best employer, the best master in town. That's what it does. Now there's a relationship between Onesimus and Philemon. They are both now slaves of the same master, King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. So he's sending him back now as a beloved brother. Now, notice he says, if you regard me a partner, now he's calling into uh, mind his relationship and friendship with Philemon. If you regard me a partner, accept him as you would me. Now, how many people do you know you have a relationship with and Christian fellowship with so strong that you would say, um, here comes my friend, accept him as you would me? That's pretty amazing. Now, if you look back through this section so far, you're going to see some principles for how to help your spiritual family. We would call it how to confront a brother or sister in the body of Christ. There's been something that's happened. There's a situation that lacks resolution. Right now there may be some strained relationships. There may be hurt feelings. How do you deal with that? Well, I think you can see some principles here for how to confront a brother or sister. Number one, your authority is Scripture, only Scripture. Not your opinion, not your position. Paul was careful to call his brother's attention to God's character and to God's word and say, I receive him as you would me. Number two, your your motive and your best ally has to be love. When you enter a situation that needs resolution, that needs forgiveness, that needs restitution, that, that, that needs people to be reconciled to each other, your attitude, if, if your attitude is you're going to win or lose, you're not going to accomplish God's will. You're doomed. Enter confrontation with a desire to show love. How can I show love to this other person? How can I apply the principle of loving all of the other people in this situation? You'll start finding creative ways to solve problems. The godly resolution of a situation always involves both truth and love. We said said that last time. Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is uh, the head, even Christ. We speak truth 
And that can be a battering ram. So we speak truth in love. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.